Happy Tuesday. Good morning, everyone. It's us. It, it is. In all our glory. <laughs> September the 17th, 2019, and we're awake. Hopefully you are too. Yes. And we need to acknowledge yesterday was yes. Jack, the podcaster's birthday. Podcast Jack. Yeah. Has reached <laughs> a whole new level of maturity. He has now surpassed his mother's breed of lifespan. Jack is 13 years old and golden retrievers lifespan are 10 to 12 years. And of course the Bernie's mountain dogs, we actually have discovered the Bernie's mountain dogs lifespan is six to eight years. One of the shortest lifespans of any dog. So Jack is a real miracle. Yeah, and I wish there's moments. I wish we had video. Not many because... Very few. We are... Like one in a million. Yeah, but not, not presentable. But Jack, while we we're saying this, was like cleaning his face, but it looked like he was embarrassed. And yes. now he's actually moved his body where he's looking at us from the top of his head. I don't even know what he's doing right now. That's a but, classic Jack yeah. move. Yeah. We love you, Jack. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. 13. Dear Jack. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. 13. Wow. 13. Yeah. It's a long time for a Bernese Mountain Dog yeah. Golden Retriever. Yes. He's the real deal over there. He is the real deal. Well, here we are. Yeah. Um, should probably say the tent came down. The tent is down. On Sunday. And so we drove by. We were going to dinner. Um... And we're passing the tent to get there and passing Arba. And so we weren't quite sure what was it going to feel like, look like. And it just, it was so right. Mm. It was just like, oh, there's this open space for what Papa wants to do now. And just, you know, once again, expressed our gratitude to the years in the tent, the years with Ecclesiastes and... All of creation. Um, yeah. The trees surrounding that spot are thriving. <coughs> yes. And it's just amazing to, when you drive by to see how that has grown. Because, mm -hmm. I, you know, somewhere in there, um, when we would go through, when, when we were actively using the tent, mm -hmm. you, you just didn't <coughs> quite have the same lushness. You know, there was right. honestly more visibility because it was less lush. Now it just seems like there's a real thrive taking place. Yeah, it's like they are awaiting something. Like they were just outstretched and awaiting what will be there. And so that's pretty cool. And of course, camping <clears throat> will be happening soon. And that happens in generations. And so um, there won't be the tent, but there will be life and activity and um, a lot of dreaming of what, what's to come. So. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. <clears throat> yeah. So that's happening. Yeah. Um, there has to be something else. I mean, the fall feasts are coming. They are. We're very excited about that. We are very excited. <coughs> Sorry, I have a cold. Yes. Well, so, I'm not going to proclaim it, <coughs> but you have a cough. <laughs> well, I do have a cough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So beyond the normal frog, right? I have a cough, so I'll try to contain it. 
but you know that that would be an interesting name for our morning podcast <laughs> beyond the frog <laughs> it, it means that we we do we overcome the frog every week yeah and then interestingly we've had just some experience with frogs of late there was one in the girls bathroom yes that they really enjoyed Right. Sharing their bathroom with. <laughs> there was quite the commotion upstairs when this frog was discovered. Yes, active and, yeah. And then Axel had a giant one in their pool. Oh, my and, gosh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like, fuck. <clears throat> that picture so, was great. <clears throat> yeah. Frogs, I've had to learn to love them as part of creation just because I just had a lot of childhood experiences with frogs that were unpleasant. Yeah, we all did. But, you know, they're good. Yeah, we certainly They do good things, so, when they're not in your shower. Or your throat. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. okay. (laughs) Carry on. Okay. So, um, something pretty cool. Papa uh, arrested me one morning and we talked and he shared a vision for a, a, a series, a short series of podcasts. And um, so I, I don't know if it's going to be one series, two series, or just this series, but he unveiled four podcasts. So I've, I've written all these down and it caused it caused there to be a ding. See, we have bells. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Every time a it's bell Tuesday, rings. It's Tuesday. Let's text. An angel gets its ring, wings. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, <clears throat> Papa's highlights. So um, we have a prayer assignment. And so I want to share this with everyone. This is where Papa had me start. So I'm reading in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. And Jesus is speaking. Well, he's not yet, but he's about to. So here's the intro, and this is verse 35. This is a very, very, very well-known Bible verse that I personally quote all the time. So Matthew 9, 35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds... He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. That, that just, oh, that just was, this is Mm -hmm. such a big piece of this is that the crowds were harassed and helpless. And I think that there's going to be no time like now in all of history where, where there is a harassing that's taking place Mm -hmm. and a helplessness that surrounds that harassing. And, and now of course the, the enemy has learned its lesson and oppression is just not in vogue right now. And so mm-hmm. instead of bringing a, um, the kind of, now, obviously it's all still there, but, but as we've been saying for years now, the real oppression that's taking place is a deception of fear, ambition, and selfish pleasure. So it's <clears> the three <throat> thorns that prevent maturity. The enemy's number one, strategy is to keep the bride from happening. Mm -hmm. So that means prevent maturity. So that's the three thorns of Luke 8, verse 14. So fear, ambition, and selfish pleasure. So all of these things are constantly being thrown at us. 
And um, we know that ambition and, and selfish pleasure come many times from false rest when we're, we're chilling and then we end up illin because we, we begin to wander in thoughts of ambition or self-pleasure. And, um, and then fear, of course, <clears throat> is, is always something we want to search our hearts for. So right now, Jesus is, is walking through the crowds and having the same experience we're having right now. So that is that the, the crowds, the people are being harassed and they're helpless to do anything about it. And here's, here's another critical sentence, like sheep without a shepherd. So um, sheep without a shepherd would be harassed by bears and lions mm-hmm. and, and they would be targeted. And so um, this, this description that the Bible has for us is is going to come into play in the next few weeks. So again, harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So then he says to the disciples what we all know very, very well, and that's the red letter Jesus words, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now here's our assignment. Verse 38, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And you know, I realize that I have prayed that prayer many times, but I've never had sort of a season of daily bread where I was focused on that prayer. And this is the first thing Papa said was, I want you to give a call out to those people who are listening to the podcasts and say, let's take this week, this week, and let's just ask Papa for daily bread of his sending workers into his harvest field. And so what we're doing is is we're actually opening up a storehouse right now of people who were called to work the field of harvest. And and obviously there's many places in the field of harvest where you can work. Um, I personally... Uh, know that we need a lot more people in in raising people up and into the bride and very specifically into uh, maturity. And so that means having a very intimate relationship with God, seeing God for who he really is, knowing Papa, and then seeing themselves through God's eyes. And so this is such a wonderful thing Papa's opening up for us. Papa is saying this because it's on his heart. We need more workers in the field. And so this week, our assignment is to ask Papa every day for um, our daily bread of more workers in the field of harvest, which, which is for this week, this is his will. And, <clears throat> and it's always his will, but, but this week, his way is to do that this week. And so how he's going to do that, he will reveal. And so as he does, maybe there'll be new things for us to pray this week. Mm-hmm. And we'll, um, we'll continue this next Tuesday. But for right now, um, that is our assignment, is Daily Bread. Papa, we ask you to send workers out into your field of harvest. Yeah, that's so good. And I think... Um what he was saying to me just 
meld right in with this because um, he's been talking to me about social anxiety. Mm. And so I know this this is not a new revelatory thing that um, anxiety is very prevalent in the world. Um, I saw recently that um, it was a coach of an NBA team, something along those lines, and he just said the level of anxiety that the athletes have is incredible, like in a not good way, and he attributed much of it to social media because they have this, there's just a whole different kind of access and so if they mess up on the field or they do something, you know, any mistake is like pounced upon and then brought out and there's this defense that has to come up. And so there's kind of just this dread of being who you are. Mm. And so when I saw that, like I knew people talk a lot about the, you know, probably the um, millennial, what's called the millennial generation. Um in the world's term, as being very anxiety-ridden. Um, but Papa's been talking to me about this generation of his people, the bride, and um, that there is a social anxiety that the generation, the generations all combined together has that is hindering um, the maturity and leading to those three thorns that um, just become stumbling blocks along the way. And so I've been just kind of looking into what what is social anxiety in Hebrew? You know, what does that wow. come to? Yeah, so you know, I just have done been exploring that with him. And so social, the word social in Hebrew actually means learning to give. Hmm. So that's what social is. And there's this phrase, tikkun ulam. And it means acts of kindness done to mature and restore the world. Hmm. So that is the heart of social. And then there's um, another word, sedekah which basically means the greatest charity is His will, His way. So when we're living His will, His way is when we are the most charitable mm. to the world, to each other. And then there's another word, which is the Hebrew word for net, and it means connection. So what Papa said was social anxiety in the context of the generation, this generation, of his people is the fear of connecting. And and I know this is going to be familiar to so many because I think um, we all have that to an extent. Am I going to say the right thing, do the right thing, reveal too much, protect too much, you know, and there can become this dread of connecting. And so what happens is we connect with those most like us instead of through His likeness. 
because his will, his way is going to lead us to his likeness. And basically what anxiety does, I mean, even the disorder scientifically, is it causes us to focus more on us, ourself, than anything else. And so we begin setting processes in place, um, procedures, you know, for lack of a better word, to um, create things we already have. So either we have something to give or we have something for someone to enter into or um, we have a protected place where we can be there but not connected. And because anxious in Hebrew basically means to blow your breath in many directions. It means, at the root word, to be distracted. Well, what is that distraction? Well, breaking it all down, in Hebrew, it means to be unaware of... So anxiety is to be unaware of God's love for us to the point that we seek something else. Mm. So if we, as a people have social anxiety, we're afraid to give. We're afraid to give of ourselves. So that anxiousness, that distraction, because we don't just trust His love for us, we don't just trust He placed us where we are, we don't just trust He can use us as we are, that kind of thing. We start making our own versions of where we are, or we start making our own plans of how to do things, just anything that keeps us from being part of the whole, of actually being um, just completely connected in community. And so we can be all walking together, but kind of self-seeking, you know, which we've talked about much, but, you know, it goes back to the thorns. We start seeking things for ourselves instead of that truth of social learning to give to each other so that we and the world mature and or we mature and we restore the world and so then we start making up our own justices and our own all these things that go with social our own social network our own social justice our own you know, whatever you can put with social, we start doing that in our own way and we lose our strength as the bride and we don't mature. Mm. And so I just feel like there's, with that prayer of inviting the workers into the field, it's exploring alongside that. Am I ready? Am I ready? to be social? Am I ready to receive? Am I ready to be part of that? Can I lead a person that comes to him and his plan? Or do I need to lead them to myself so I feel validated or less afraid or more protected because I can create a network or that kind of thing? And, you know, looking for those places where we feel the best if we're doing everything alike. You know, we're all doing exactly the same thing because, you know, you've shared this many times, unity isn't everybody doing exactly the same thing. It's seeking His will every day. And that just goes back to what social is or charity is, is His will, His way is when we are the most generous, charitable people. 
when we try to do it our will, our way, or his will, our way, <laughs> or our will, his way, whatever it is, then the generosity dissipates and the charity is gone. We're not giving, we're taking something for ourselves. And whenever we, um, <clears throat> whenever we connect ourselves with people that are just like ourselves, we end up replicating something instead of, instead of letting it be completed. And completion means that, that we're going to be surrounded by people that may not look like us yeah. or conformity is when we change ourselves to look like another person. Mm -hmm. And now we've just replicated. We haven't completed. It's like if the body of Christ, you know, and, and this is my dad's old example is, you know, I've got the love of Jesus down in my heart. And, <laughs> and you know, my dad would always say, well, you know, you've, you've sort of left the, the liver out. Like the liver's <laughs> lonely. You know, what about the liver? Well, if you had a body with 20 livers but no heart and no arms and no legs and no face. It's just, it's not a body. It's, it's just a replicated one piece, but it's not completed. To have a complete body, you have all of the parts, and that means they're different. Yeah, and if you don't, you end up taxed and empty. Eventually, it's, it's a vacuum instead of something living and, and completing. Yeah, because that, that's his heart right now, that we complete what he's given that we complete what he set before us and that we do it together. Yes. That we don't, you know, it's back to under pressure and the podcast last week. We don't, um, you know, we start thinking we're waiting on people instead of waiting with him. And if we're talking with him, he can pause us. He can prompt us. And, um, if he prompts us, you know, if he pauses us, we're waiting together with him if he prompts us, then, then it may be somebody says, Hey, what's, you know, what's happening with this? But, um, yeah, there's just this place of, he wants us to do this together. He wants us to become one and we are that becoming, we are becoming one. So none of this is about, we're not becoming, but the enemy doesn't, want the bride to be beautiful. He doesn't want us to be becoming. He doesn't want us to be something that the world can behold and want to discover the likeness of that in themselves. Because that's the thing, right? It's like, it's not us going and telling people what they have to be when they see him in us. They begin to discover they have that likeness of them too, with its own flavor and fragrance and beauty but they want to discover that and that's that's how we restore we give them something to recognize we give each other and the world something to recognize and then the desire for his likeness within each person becomes the hunger and the thirst that leads to the bread and the well yay yay all right, there we have it. We will <laughs> carry on. We will. We will continue overcoming frogs. <laughs> and we will see some of you at Together tonight. Yes, and, and we get to celebrate a little baby boy tonight that is coming. So 
<clears throat> we get to celebrate Hokma and Benaz little guy with the shower tonight. Yay. Yeah. So that's going to be awesome. And for you all who <clears throat> aren't here, we will talk to you again next week. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. See you later. Bye.